with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru. In Llama Land, there's a one-man band, and he'll toot his flute for you. Come on, fly with me, let's take off in the blue. Hello and welcome to Rat Pack Podcast. This is a new pilot episode of a new show we're going to be doing uh, called Rat Pack Top Shelf, where we talk about the finer things in life. Now, I am just a common schmuck, so I don't know too much about these kinds of things, so I have Rex here to help me explain some stuff. How are you doing, Rex? I wouldn't say you're a common schmuck. You have a long history of abusing alcohol, and <laughs> you should know a bit about it. Yes, well, I, I know about the effects that it has on me, and I know how it tastes going down, but as far as everything else, I am uh, a novice, I would say. I would think that you're probably about where most people are at. Most people that just drink their stuff from day to day, that, that's most, most people are aware at, at that level. Okay, I think that's fair to say. Now, uh, this is going to be a show where we talk about all kinds of things, ranging from, as we mentioned already, alcohol, uh, fashion, wine, wine, booze, food. food. You're going to do d- different yes. food groups, Italian, French, sushi. You, you've been into a restaurant and you've been kind of overwhelmed by a menu because of the it's a price fix menu, and you don't know what the hell that means. Uh, <laughs> then uh, we're gonna we're gonna work you through that. We're gonna we're gonna enlighten you, so next time you can walk into a restaurant and have a little bit more confidence. Yeah, can just give you some some knowledge. So you you, you look at something on the menu that's pronounced in a weird French way that you can kind of say, oh, I, I know what that means now. It's not foie gras anymore. Yeah. <laughs> foie gras, very nice. That's foie gras. Yes, yes, it's foie gras. All right. All right, well, uh, this week we're going to be talking about vodka. This is uh, the first installment of many of different types of liquor, but first of all, what, what, what sets vodka apart from everything else, Rex? I think that vodka is uh, kind of a simple alcohol. It really is. It's just your kind of purest form of alcohol mixed with spring water. So that's pretty much what it is. You have other alcohols that are distilled, and they usually distill it to the amount of, like, level of alcohol that they want it at, and then they stop right there. Now, vodka is different because they keep distilling it over and over and over again until it's close to, like, 95 to 99% the type of alcohol that they would want in there. And then they mix it with spring water to get it down to the level of, like, alcohol content that they want to sell it at. I see. So, so it's it, pure. So when you taste it, you're tasting pretty much pure alcohol. Yeah, and, and that's important for a couple of reasons. I mean, A, because it's a neutral spirit, which means that it's somewhat tasteless and it's really good to mix with. And then B, because usually when you have a hangover, or part of the reason you have a hangover is because of impurities in the alcohol that you're drinking. So if it, mm. the purer it is, the less likely you are to have a hangover from drinking bad alcohol you're still you could still get a hangover from drinking the good kind of alcohol too right. but it's less likely yeah in, in my experience is the the better quality of alcohol the less of a hangover i have yes most of the time you well, get what you pay for sometimes yeah and which actually might be the reason why nowadays i don't have as many hangovers as i did when i was younger 
because now I'm not drinking the Popov. From you're, the store. you're not drinking Albertsons vodka <laughs> yes, anymore. Exactly. Yeah, I, I've upped my my game to a point where I know what I like and I know what works for me. Although, although we did do that today, we drank a little bit of nail polish remover. Yes, nearly. Yeah, uh, Rex uh, had a smorgasbord of uh, ten different types of vodka that he set up, and we did a, a blind taste test. And tried to rank them. Yeah, we had we had Goose, Stoli, Belvedere, Level, Chopin, uh, Svetka, Pinnacle, Smirnoff, Finlandia, Sky, and uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I I tried to do this taste testing, and I I, I did not get through it all the way. I, I got I, I did seven of them, seven of the ten, and I I had to bail out. I, I, vodka is is not my liquor of choice. Well, not n- in the slightest. Neat. Not neat, anyways. Not neat. No, you, you could drink vodka. It's just you don't want to drink yes. it straight. Not all the straight. Time. Not. It's just I, I need to not taste it. I need to know it's there, but not taste it. Well, so, some old people. It's always those old alcoholics that are living to like 115. That are always like, well, time for me to have my morning water. And it's always like half Albertsons, like worst kind of vodka you could ever uh, have, yeah. and half water. <laughs> like I don't. I don't know how many times I've heard of that before. Yeah. Now, as far as the quality of, I mean, we're talking about Popov is, is the Albertsons brand, the the one that I grew up uh, drinking at the beginning because it was well, we ten dollars for a gallon. Yeah, exactly. We were mixing it with like tang and and just raspberry and yeah, just that, that was stuff that you're you're never going to taste the vodka. Right. Much. It was my, my first. I, th- I think it probably was my first uh, real mixed drink of any kind besides the beer. Uh, was a drink that actually me and you invented. For the parties we used to have at the house, we called it Tuta Tango. Oh, that's right, that's right. Where it was, it was vodka, a lot of vodka, uh, some margarita mix, a scoop of tang, and a bunch of ice. Yep. And it tasted fantastic. Yeah, I thought it, so. It was a party favorite. You, People would always be asking for it. I'd be at the blender half the night yep. making it. We blew blender. out a blender. Yeah, we blew one out. It just <laughs> died. It gave up. It said it was enough. Yeah, so that that was my my first intro into vodka was the the crappy vodka. But then again, I'd never tasted it straight. Uh, but that did that did bring the hangovers though. That that is one thing I remember about it. It tasted great. It went down smooth. But the next day I was like, man, that was not good. Well, I mean, the, the big reason that the higher end vodkas are kind of like cleaner and and they're drink and drank alone is is for that very reason is because if you chill it, most of the time you can't taste it. I mean, uh, one common drink is a martini. You know, you got like 007 drinking the martini. Yeah. And uh, that's the that's why it became popular it's because vodka was really pure. And and the martini is pretty much just chilled vodka, usually with a tiny bit of vermouth, which is an aperitif wine. It's meant to like open the flavor of the alcohol you're drinking with it, and that's pretty much it. It's just served up. And and the the weird thing about the way Double O Seven drinks it is that he gets it shaken, not stirred. Right? And everybody knows that line. Yeah. But uh, traditionally, it's not. It's shake. I mean, it's stirred. It's not shaken because the when you shake it, the ice breaks in the vodka and it bruises the drink. In other words, it waters it down. So when you stir it with a little spoon, it keeps it more pure so the ice doesn't break as much and it still chills the vodka and then you serve it like that. Huh. So, I mean, that's that's kind of so a Doesn't that take a little seven down a notch then if, if you preferred it that way? Um, you know, it probably takes a little bit longer to chill it when you're you're stirring it instead of shaking it. So oh, he's in a rush all the he's time. He's just, exactly. Yeah. He's okay. a man on the go. All right. I'll give him a pass then. Yeah, all right. <laughs> now, uh, one thing that I, I do know about vodka from actually watching Mythbusters episode uh, is the distilling that you mentioned. The, the more times you distill it, the better it tastes. Usually, yeah. Because they, what they did was, I think they, they got the Albertsons brand vodka that, that I was talking about, and they lined it up, to, same, same as we did, where they had 10 shots of it, and each one was distilled one more time than the other. 
Yep. And, and they had a vodka expert come in and taste it, and he lined them up exactly in the order that they were supposed to be. I'm not surprised. And and but another thing about it too is, I mean, you might think that's a way to save money, just buy the crappy stuff and distill the Christ out of it. But they did a, a, a cost factor analysis that the money spent on the filters to distill it is going to make it just as expensive just, as if you yep. got the other stuff. Yep. So that that I guess would be some explanation why the cheaper it is, the worse it is because they're not spending the money on the distilling. Yeah, on, on pretty much purifying it, and and it's weird because vodka's. I mean, when when people say vodka, traditionally people think like potatoes, and that's not true. I, uh, I, I had no idea potatoes had anything to do with vodka. Yeah, stereotypically people think, or I've found that people think potatoes when they think vodka. Um, I think of uh, nail salons. That that makes sense too. <laughs> that makes sense too. It's just uh, well, because I, I used to work in a bar, or I still work in a bar. So I, I mean, I have a little bit of uh, two, a little bit more than two and a half years behind a bar. So hanging out with these guys behind me and pouring them, and um, uh, you just run into people and it's like, "Well, is this is this uh, the potatoes?" And, and I'm just like, "No, it's not. It's not potatoes." And, so and it, potato is the most common food? guest. Okay, the most common guest. It's actually not potatoes. It's actually rye. Is actually one of the most common things. It's rye, like wheat, and, and the funny thing about vodka is that you can pretty much make it out of anything. You can make it out of anything with uh, sugars and starches in it because all you need is the sugar and the starch. Okay. You throw yeast into it. The yeast eat up the sugars and starch, make alcohol in there because that's how you make alcohol. Same thing with wine, except you don't distill wine unless it's brandy. Okay. Right? So then you, you take that. It turns into the little alcohol, little you know bacteria turning all sugars into alcohol. Then you take it all, throw it in a big still, distill it once. It pours into another still. You distill it again. You distill it again. And most of the higher end vodkas that are on the market tonight, or I mean, that are in the market now, uh, are distilled like four times. It's usually three to four times. Usually, also with a charcoal filter. Um, some of them add spring water. Some of them add sugar. Believe it or not, to the spring water. Oh, wow. so, so different people do different things to like add to their vodka and then lend a particular taste to it. Okay. So they, th- that's pretty much how it's made. And they just throw a bunch of stuff together and then eventually liquefies. Or ha- what eventually li- liquefies? Like if, if you, let's say we have potatoes from a okay. potato. Yeah. You throw a bunch of yeast on the potato and then it turns into liquid. Or how, how does it get? How does it turn into a vodka from the potato itself? Well, it turns into more like a mash, right? So just like when you take like rye and barley and you, you're making a whiskey, what you pretty much do is like you throw stuff up into a vat and it makes this like slosh. And and I'm serious. It, it's like a big slosh. It's like a compost heap of stuff. And then you throw bacteria on it that you know are going to produce a bunch of booze, like a bunch of alcohol. And then they, as they eat through the sugars and all the stuff that they can eat in that big slosh, they produce more and more and more alcohol. Once they're done, or around the time that they're done, they have like scientists that know all this stuff, master distillers. They throw it in a big oven. With a with a top on it that funnels all of the stuff that condensates into a big circular thing, okay. and they know that depending on how dense the alcohol is, it's going to stay around a certain level. It's going to float up to a certain level, and then from there they uh. pour it all off from that level and that level specifically because they know that that's the range of alcohol that's drinkable. 
Whereas wow. as opposed to like moonshine and stuff like that, those kind of stills are cheap. And the reason why people do go blind and die off of moonshine <laughs> is because you get all the bad alcohols in there with it. You're, you're, you are drinking nail polish remover. You're drinking yeah. stuff that goes in heating lamps. You're just drinking <laughs> bad alcohol. And that's why it's important for it to be a very extensive like distillation process. Huh. But right. you can use potatoes, rye, grapes, uh, whatever. Okay. So once it gets distilled, then it goes into the mass production where they then start adding all the water or the sugar, whatever. Well, once it gets distilled, they distill it all the way up to the point where it's almost pure alcohol. So it's, it's going to be like 95, 99% alcohol. And it's going to be the purest form that you want. And then they start adding spring water into it to get it down to 40%. And then it's ready to bottle and sell. Okay. So from from there we have these this these list of 10 here that, that we haven't gone over what we ranked these yet have we? No. All right. Well, it seems that the uh the the Belvedere, the Grey Goose and the and the Stoli were the were the number one choices uh, average. I mean there was there was four of us doing a taste test here. Yep. And those were consistently the best ones. And that's funny too cuz Stoli used to be my go-to. Yeah, except on my occasion where I somehow Made Smirnoff the best one. Well, you didn't try one, two, or three, though. I didn't. So, I, didn't I mean, get... you didn't try Goose, Stoli, or Belvedere. I didn't get to the best ones, and that's a damn shame. And, and it's because of the, uh, the 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 Chopin is the one that just... Oh, my God. That killed me, too, though. As, that... as soon as I had it, I, I, I went straight to the sink because it almost came right back up. It's, it's kind of funny, though, because Chopin as a vodka is marketed as kind of being a higher-end vodka. See, I, I, I can't there. see that. That's I swear so to God, crazy. yeah. I've I've had I've been behind the bar where we had shopping, and it's, it's uh, they're charging a mint for it. It's in a fancy bottle and everything. Yeah, and now uh, this one uh, vodka that one actually you introduced me to is the uh, the Svedka. Oh yeah, which uh, I had never heard of until you brought it over one night. Yep, and it's it's fantastic Qu- quality stuff, real quality. quality stuff. I knew it was quality as soon as I had it. I mean, um, maybe I'm an alcoholic or whatever, but that's <laughs> I, as soon as I had it, I'm like, this Aficionado. is. <laughs> Like, this is quality stuff, and I knew it was better than Absolute. We didn't actually have Absolute tonight, but I knew it was either comparable to or a little bit better than Absolute, because I used to, I was drinking a lot of Absolute back then, but it was about half as much, or maybe like a, a third less as much. Yeah. I mean, you you could still go buy a handle of a Svetka at the store for like 20 bucks, yes. and, and it was consistently, tonight, it was ranked around three or four. Yeah, so for the price, that seems to be the best one. Oh, definitely. At the, the price point that you're looking for. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Of course, you're going to pay more for the Belvedere's and the the Stoli and the Grey Goose, but you, you're paying for the quality there. I mean, yeah, you get what you pay for in some cases. Well, let's for the Svetka, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you, you pretty much if you could broke it broke it down by quality based on like how much quality you're getting per cent, you know, like per cent spend per per dime spent. Right. Uh, you, the best deal would probably be Svetka. Yeah. Okay, now there's a as far as the taste go, I the the only real taste difference that I got out of it was um, gross to more gross. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I can't. There's nothing that really stood out at me. It's not even that it's 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 supposed to be gross. You're drinking it neat, you know, and it's not a question of gross. It's more of a question of smooth. What was more smooth? What was less smooth? Right. That's pretty much that's, how I ended up ranking them. Was just what went down the best. I, I did get a taste of raspberry with one of them. I don't remember what it was. That's interesting. It might have been the candle I was using to kind of distract my nose. That raspberry candle. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. You know what? Now that you mentioned it. <laughs> Let's see. Now, as as far as how vodka is served generally, it, it's not generally served the way that we tasted it tonight. Oh no! I, not I, at all. I don't know anybody that would get vodka straight. Unless they're doing shots. And you usually do them chilled. 
You don't yeah. even do like warm like we did. Yeah, the, the, there was one night that I went out where it was a friend's birthday and she wanted to do shots of vodka. No, bad and, idea. Yeah, I, I, I stuck with the Patron because I'm, I'm a Patron fan. I, I don't even like Patron uh, warm either. I like it chilled. Yeah, no, it has Same to be chilled. Thing. Everything has to be chilled. Right? Yeah, but she, she, I had my chilled Patron. She had a shot of vodka that was warm. And she died? She pretty much. <laughs> I thought so. She wasn't ready for the, for the... I mean, she took a pretty decent-sized break before jumping back in again, but the next shot of vodka was chilled. Oh, and that one I did join her with, and it was fine. But okay, yeah, that, that's the only time I've seen anybody order shots of vodka. Uh, otherwise, it's always shots of shots of whiskey, tequila, but mixed. vodka. I like mixed shots. I like yeah. redhead sluts and servers on acid. Right. You know that's that's really what I like right there. Yeah. So what what is the the most common vodka drink that you got requested as a bartender? Um. Well, you know, kind of a fundamental vodka drink was a we already recovered uh, covered it was a um, martini. Martini. Yeah. The, okay. And a small variation on that is Gibson. And that's a martini with, uh, instead of olives, it has uh, small pickled onions, believe it or not. Yeah, pickled the, onions? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't sound like it has any place in a bar. Uh, it tastes pretty good, actually. Does it? Yeah, I've had them. Wow. I've had them. It's pretty good. Um, uh, another ones are just your basics, kind of like screwdriver, sex on the beach. I mean, that's the thing about vodka. It's just it's a neutral spirit, so you can pretty much mix it with everything, like nearly everything. And it's not going to lend so big of a flavor that it overwhelms the whatever juice you're throwing it in together with. Like you will only taste whatever the juice is most of the time, unless you're adding a lot of vodka. Yeah. Now, one of the uh, the first times I realized the the type of vodka that you request in your drink makes such a difference oh, was yeah. uh, I was in Las Vegas. I had a dirty martini. And it was phenomenal. It was the best dirty martini I've had in my entire life. And I, I was on a search to find a comparable dirty martini when I came back to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And every time I ordered it, it, it tasted like crap. Oh, yeah. And then I, I don't know. I was out with somebody and they said, just uh, can you do Belvedere vodka instead of whatever you put in there? Yeah. And Huge it, difference. I, I was back in Vegas. It was, yes. it was fantastic. Yes. And I think that that's kind of like the difference between a good server and a bad server or a good bartender and a bad bartender. If you order a martini at a bar and they just give you some like – House vodka yeah. in a martini glass with three olives, like that's a bad bar. I mean, unless they're less, like slamming, there's no time to ask you at all whatsoever. You know, they're they're just uber busy. Then that's a bad bar. If somebody orders a martini, first question: What kind of vodka would you like? Well, you want vodka or gin, actually, because people drink martinis with gin. And the second question is: You want that dry, extra dry? How much vermouth would you like? That's actually how it happened. It was it was the the waitress that asked me what kind of vodka, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's very important. I, I, I never got that question before, and she listed off what she had. And I'm like, yeah, hey, Belvedere. Let's do you that. were at a better place then, right? I was at uh, I was at the uh, Irvine Improv. That was a decent place. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a nice place. But, but she knew her stuff. She did. That's pretty much what she was showing there. And then not not only that, but you want your third question to be: you want that upper on the rocks, and that's whether or not you want it on a martini glass or you want it on the rocks. Right. Yeah, I've actually made that mistake uh, with, with you, I think. You asked me to get you a drink, and I, I didn't say on the rocks, so they gave it to you in a martini glass. Yeah, I, li- I like my dirty martinis on the rocks. Yeah. That's so just... It, it, otherwise, you got this big cup, you're... Uh, Look like you're trying to be a character from Swingers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, which I don't mind every once in a while, but not with a dirty martini. Yeah. Now, how, how much of that... You said it, it, it's a, it makes a good bartender or a bad bartender. Yeah. Uh, how much of that do you think the is on the actual consumer to say... I would like a dirty martini with Belvedere. Well, it's just preferences. I mean, that's really what it is. It's it's preferences. You going into a bar, like you should know what you like and you should know the difference between the vodka and whether or not you like vodka or not. Because 
I mean, if they don't ask and they give you vodka, you might walk away thinking you don't even like vodka because you drank something and made you feel like you walked into a nail salon. Right. Or they could ask you. And then they could, then you'd be like, well, I'm not sure. What do you have? And then they could recommend something. And then suddenly you like vodka. Why? Because you had Belvedere that gave you a Woody, right? <laughs> That's the difference between those places. And I mean, they have to kind of like appraise every person on an individual basis and how experienced they think. If I tell you a kettle martini up extra dry, um, then you should already know. I know what I like. If I already yeah. tell you that way, well, like you confused me, but I'm, I'm assuming the bartender knows what you say. <laughs> yeah, if it's a kettle one martini uh, in an up glass, up glass ooh, means what? Ooh, it's in a martini glass, the fancy one. Okay, and that's extra dry, which means no vermouth. Okay, now, yeah, you said vermouth. That's an aperitif. You said that's an aperitif wine. Yeah. Okay, and, and that's meant to open up the flavor. It's meant to open up the flavor. When martinis first became popular, it was about one third vermouth to two thirds uh, gin or vodka because it kind of transitioned from one to the other. Um, nowadays, uh, you if you order like a regular martini, they should have like maybe three drops of vermouth. A, a dry martini, like literally one drop. Literally. One and, single drop. And that drop. one drop is enough of a difference. You will taste it. You will. Huh. Because, because the vodka today is just like so pure that if there's any sort of little nuance of a flavor in there, you will be able to taste it most of the time. If they give you a glass that was b- just washed and they didn't quite get all of whatever was out in there before, <laughs> you will taste it. You will taste it. Hundred percent. Why is this orange tasting? Well, somebody ordered a screwdriver in that glass and they didn't half-ass the clean job on it. Wow. Yeah. Now, does the taste comes from the actual vodka itself, or does it come from the aperitif? The taste usually comes from the vodka itself because it's so overwhelmingly strong. But if I gave you a vodka martini with that was extra dry, that means no vermouth, with compared to one that has three drops of vermouth in it, like a standard like five ounce martini, you'll taste it. But the, what I am tasting is the vodka, though. What do you mean? If you what are you tasting? Yeah, the it, one with vodka, you're tasting the vodka. The one where you're tasting vodka and vermouth, there's a little bit of vermouth. Is so much that. It just gives you that tiny little difference that's noticeable if you have a, a blind, like, standardized test. Right. No, but, but you're saying that the aperitif, it, it brings out the flavors. Yeah. So am I tasting the vodka more with the aperitif? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I've never, like, had it presented to me in that way. All I've, It's kind of like Rieslings and uh, kind of like aperitif wines in general. Like, because Riesling, Fume, uh, that weird... German one with the G and the W and Z. Um, those, those are considered aperitif wines and dessert wines. And in the same way, they they say that the, it opens the flavor to the dish. Right. Right. So you drink them first or you drink them with dessert. Now, how exactly those things open the flavor of the dish or the wine that's coming next, I can't really put that into words. Yeah, because but it's, it's always it, traditionally said about those wines. Because doesn't that aperitif wine even then have its own flavor already? Yeah, definitely. So how, how do we know that it's not that what I'm tasting and not bringing something out of the food that was already there to begin with? It very very well may be okay. the case. That's yeah, so one thing I was curious about because you, you had explained that to me at one point about it brings out flavors and it just I, – I'd never understood. But I never really 
thought to ask until well i mean it's kind of i mean different wines are also paired with different cheeses and they're like well it enhances the flavor of this or you know does uh viagra make you have a boner no it just makes it more likely that you have a boner what what really gives you the boner the same things that usually gave you a boner (laughs) it just brought out the boner in you so as viagra brings out the boner (laughs) aperitif wine like vermouth brings out the flavor of the alcohol all right so viagra is an aperitif for sex yes exactly that's what i'm trying to say I didn't think you could make Viagra sound classy, but look at you. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so any other way that it's it served then besides just uh, in the normal stuff that we, we – the martini, the – I mean, actually, you can use it for cooking, right? You Yeah. People do use it for cooking. They use it for spaghetti sauces. They use it uh, – just different stuff here and there. Goulash. I mean, that's a Russian thing. Yeah, because I have seen uh, spaghetti sauces. It's a, it's a vodka sauce. Yep. But uh, vodka – to me, is, is flavorless. So how, what what do you get out of that then? Honestly, I've never been a fan. I've tasted it. You can taste the difference. You you get like a tiny little nuance of a flavor there, but I've never been a fan of that flavor. I don't know. Maybe it's for alcoholics that like spaghetti. <laughs> I see. I don't, I don't, <laughs> that are past wine because, you know, they're more advanced. Maybe I should give it a shot then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as, as far as just like a drinking spirit, it's just one of those kind of like classy things when it's straight up. It's uh, definitely a go-to when you want to get a girl a drink that she doesn't want to taste the the liquor in it because you get her a sex on the beach, which is, you know, pretty much just vodka and orange juice and crayon with uh, some peach schnapps or different places make it different ways really so you can get Midori in that. You can get a bunch of different things in the sex on the beach. Malibu sometimes. Okay. But um, even with liqueurs, right? Liqueurs are vodka based most of the time. Okay. So usually when you look at stuff like triple sec uh, or or stuff like that, I don't think actually triple sec itself is a vodka based but liqueurs like peach schnapps, any Mm -hmm. of the schnapps vodka based. Okay. So they, it's just that they've instilled it with a flavor. Now you also have a different flavored vodkas. You have like uh, absolute citron. You have absolute vanilla. Right. You have all those things which are a kind of mass-produced version of a traditional thing done to vodka, which they would would they would do is get really high-end vodka, put it in a big bottle like a mason jar, throw in a bunch of lemon peel, and let it sit for like a month, and then guess what? You got lemon-flavored vodka. Okay. Because it uh, sucks up all the oils from the lemons, and, and is that meant to be drinking straight? Drink it, straight. It can be drank straight. It could pair with a fruit or another type of juice that pairs well with lemon flavor. It's just you think that actually squeezing a lemon into it doesn't lend quite the same flavor because it's not the oils, it's the juice or any of those number of things. It just gives you something more that's kind of like uh, in reserve to play with. You know, like, oh, let's try this with this. You know, I already got a spice that's pre-mixed. Let's do it, you know? Okay. Anything else about vodka then that we should cover? I think we've I think we we kind of covered uh, vodka. I mean, that's pretty much all you really need to know about vodka. It comes from Russia. It was produced specifically in Moscow for like hundreds of years. And that's why vodka is mostly known as Russian. But it's, I mean, it it also comes from Eastern Bloc countries. It comes from other countries. It was made originally as far back as they can tell from by a monk, just like all good liquors. I mean, that's pretty much where most good liquors come from. I mean, I've heard of a place in uh, Europe where these monks once a year, how they sustain themselves monetarily is that they brew like this crazy strong right. beer 
and then the lines like forever, but they only release it once a month, once a year, and once that's year, how they yeah. make their entire money for the rest of the year because these monks are just like so g at producing alcohol that they don't drink. Yeah, you know, that, it's I, just I, weird. I don't understand that, right? But yeah, uh, the vodka is also another one of those things that happened that way. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, uh, is there anything that you can substitute vodka with in in other drinks? Like, how, how close is it to uh, a gin? Gin. Well, see, the, the thing about gin is, is it's made from botanicals. Botanicals. What are they? Flowers. I, I don't know. No, oh. I'm not sure. I, I think I think flowers when I hear botanicals. Botanicals. Yeah, it's I, a shampoo. I mean, people when they hear gin, they think juniper berries, but now it's like botanicals, which is really just dried juniper berries and dried orange peel and dried this or that. It's like potpourri, pretty much. Okay. Like so, you were right. It's like flowers. Yeah. So they throw a bunch of stuff in there that's like all dried and the odiferous, pretty much. Odiferous. Yeah, and it lends wow. the flavor to the gin, and th- that's why gin has a very distinct flavor when you compare it to vodka vodka tastes like you're walking into a nail salon most of the time yeah uh where gin can smell fruity can smell like juniper berries if you've smelled juniper berries but like (laughs) just berries in general if if you uh smell a lot of the like fruitier stuff like tangeray came out with one i forget what it wasn't tangeray 10 it was like tangeray something or other was like there's different spin on on gin and it it was just like crazy berry smelling Hmm. but yeah, I, I like gin. I, I'm a fan of Tangeray. I know Sapphire always ranks really high. Okay, that's a square blue bottle. Looks like ice or something. Yeah, Bombay Sapphire. That yeah. always it ranks way, way high all the time. People like to drink it, especially with tonic. Oh, that, that that's another thing. Uh, tonic is is meant for for what? It, it, when you mix it with people ask me, vodka tonic is a drink I hear a lot. Yeah, I tried it one time and it it, it was disgusting to me because you only taste tonic. Yeah, you have to be a fan of tonic. I, I think see. that gin actually mixes better with tonic than vodka does hmm. but that's my opinion so what tonic is is just it's uh like club soda right it's it's, seltzer water no it's it's not club soda it's has uh like sugars in it and it was actually um i, I think it's one of those things like seven up or dr pepper where it was originally engineered to cure ailments Right? Just like laudanum. You know what laudanum is? No. It's opium and alcohol, pretty much. Yeah, it was sold back in the day as as like a (laughs) cure-all. It was one of those things where it's like, yeah, it it cures everything, gives you an erection, makes you run like a Kenyan, you know, kind (laughs) kind of shit. It was the Power Max 3000 of like days old. And um, I think that uh, tonic water was one another one of those things where it started off just like that. And uh, people just started drinking it with alcohol. And if you look at a lot of sodas, they started off in that exact same way. 7-Up used to be a medicinal treatment. Dr. Pepper used to be a medicinal treatment. Is that right? Yeah, Coca-Cola wasn't necessarily a medicinal treatment, but what it was, was it pretty much had a whole line of cocaine in every single bottle back in the day. That's why it was called Coca-Cola. Like, people always joke around like, oh, you Coke? No, no. (laughs) What they don't realize is that it used to really have cocaine in it, and they'd give it to dock workers, and people would drink it and be all buzzing until they finally passed laws that said cocaine was bad. Stupid government. I know. I know, right? (laughs) Getting in the way of our fun. I'm trying to do cocaine over here, (laughs) and I'm just going to substitute tonic water. What I do in the privacy of my vending machine in a public space (laughs) is none of your business. (laughs) All right. So I I guess that uh, wraps up the the vodka segment. Now, another thing we're going to be doing on this uh, Top Shelf podcast is we're also going to be introducing you to foods. So we're going to... Try to throw in at least one good recipe in every show to uh, – you can try it out, see if you like it or 
I don't know. Put put a spin to it if you like. I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, what, what do you have for us this, this time, Rex? Well, t- tonight uh, I want to give you my salmon recipe because I feel like I do it and it comes out consistently well. It's uh, not anything fancy. It's not coming out with a sauce or anything. It's just how to cook a salmon steak, pretty much. So you just get a salmon steak, your normal size salmon steak. They usually have them cut into steaks already at the grocery store. You can buy one just like that. You can even go to the the Asian markets out there, and you probably get a deal on them because salmon is pretty inexpensive out there. But salmon has a really like a lot of flavor by itself, so you don't really need to season it a lot for the flavor to come out and it to taste really really good. So all you really need is garlic salt, olive oil, cracked pepper, a dash of salt, some cut up white onions, and that's a, like a squeeze of lemon. That's it. That's, and that's you, you throw all this into a pan? That's or? really, really it. No, what you do is you get a piece of foil. You get a big piece of foil that, that you can... It's about the size that if you need to cover up the salmon completely with the foil, then you could do that, right? You take the salmon, you cover it with olive oil, a nice even coating on one side. Then you do a light coating of garlic uh, salt. Then you do a light coating of pepper. You take about... I don't know, maybe a, not even a quarter, like a fifth of a white onion chopped up. You throw it in there, and then you pinch salt on it because the garlic salt's already got salt in it. Right. And you take a wedge, like a lemon wedge, right, of a normal-sized lemon, right? If it's uber-huge, you don't need a huge lemon wedge. Don't yeah. overdo it because the lemon <laughs> will kill out all the flavors. You just take that lemon wedge, and you give it an even dashing with the lemon, and you throw the lemon on top of the salmon. And then you cover it all up in that foil. It's going to cook in that little foil, and you throw it in an oven for uh, like 15, 20 minutes at 350 degrees, huh. and that's it. That's all you need to do. Very low maintenance. Very Pe- quick, too. People think that it's really, really complicated. It's it's gonna, You need to watch fish all the time. No, this isn't one of those recipes. You just throw it in there. It's really easy to do. Is this one of those things I could put in the um, dishwasher under a high-temperature rinse or whatever? <laughs> no, this is not one of those <laughs> kind of things. I don't know if that's a, a true or I don't know where I heard that from. The people cook their fish in their dishwashers. I'm just going to take it and I'm going to put it on my leather sheets in my car while I'm at work. <laughs> exactly. And then it's going to cook that sucker. Yeah, and come back and your car is covered in cats. <laughs> it's just covered in cats. <laughs> They're not even standing on it. It's just pasted on the yeah, side. Like Garfield. Cows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to be allergic to salmon back in the day. Oh, really? It was, uh, I found out because I took a bite of it. I thought it was chicken. And I was like, this is really tender for chicken. And someone told me, oh, it's salmon. I'm like, oh, interesting. Uh-huh. And then my throat started closing up. Oh, well, that's bad. Yeah, it started panicking a little bit, and uh, uh-huh. I only got one bite into it, and I, I never had salmon again for a good seven years. And uh, I decided one day to try it again, and I uh, closed up again. So uh, so I, I just bailed for another year or two, and then uh, I think the next girlfriend that I was seeing at the time, she had me try her Philadelphia roll, and totally fine. Yeah. Interesting. It just, it just disappeared. Maybe it's something about the way they cook the salmon. Yeah, well, I I thought so too, but on um, two, maybe even three separate occasions, I well, had you different... you had salmon in my house. I yeah, salmon. Yeah, that that's the exact recipe I used. Yeah, it was, was right and now. it was it was very good. Yeah, I mean, most people use capers sometimes with their salmon. Maybe you're allergic to capers. Hmm. You know what capers are? No idea. They yeah, they look like uh, large green colored sperm cells. Oh, yeah, I'm allergic to that. (laughs) (laughs) I think most males are. I'm not sure. Right. There's 12 to 15% of them out there that aren't. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I, and I did. I saw you when I was watching you cook this last time. You, you did it. Uh, I it, it looked like it shouldn't work because it just it just seems so simple. It is real simple. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of wrapped it up. You almost like you were rolling a salmon joint or something with the with the foil on the side, and it's like, what? How's this gonna? Cook? And then I cooked it in a bong, which was <laughs> d- weird, but yeah, it worked. I, I'm like, hey, everyone has their own way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I threw that one on the barbecue, but. When I cover the, the the barbecue up and the temperature shoots up to about three fifty, in there for twenty minutes because mine's usually frozen. Mine stuff okay. is all frozen. Usually I leave it in there for thirty minutes. So you can you can play that one by ear. You know, cut into it, make sure that it's fully cooked. But uh, unfrozen salmon you should cook between fifty and twenty at the right temperature. If you already have your oven preset, if you're just gonna throw it in there and let it heat up. Maybe twenty twenty five, maybe even thirty, if it's for a little frozen, which is usually my case. So I need to cook it for thirty minutes. Okay. And the olive oil in the in the foil will usually keep it from burning, and it'll make it real nice and moist. Yeah, it was very moist. I I, I couldn't even pick it up with a fork. I had to like scoop it. Yep. I tried to stab it, and it just fell apart. It was good. It was it was very tasty though. I I, I will give you that. Uh well. Well, I think that's us. No, yeah, that's I it, think right? that's it. This is uh, it's not like I said. This is not going to be our usual podcast. The our our sister show, the Random Acts of Tangent, where we're a little high strung and crazy. This is more directed in a specific uh, topic. Yeah. Today was vodka, and next time we'll do something else. The, this is the kind of show where I feel like we're what we're doing is things you would need to know if you were actually a member of the Rat Pack. Like right. if you're if you're those cultured kind of like savvy dudes that know stuff about style, food, and booze, then uh, you're gonna need to know this stuff, and that's why we're putting it out there. Yeah, as much fun as we have on the other show, there that that's only part of who we are, and this is this is the one of the other sides that we have where we we do have interest in things other than just laughing and having a good time and pointing at Charlie Sheen. people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, although that is most of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to know about booze so we can get drunk enough to have fun with those things. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so we're going to have people in here. We got some friends that are studying to be sommeliers, friends of Boo Beer, uh, friends in the fashion industry, friends that are club promoters. So they'll be uh, able to talk to you for, on any number of different subjects and have somewhat of an expertise in a- any one of those different things. Right. So I listen to our other show, listen to this show, and hopefully you will become as well-rounded as we are. That, that's what we're saying. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining us on the Rat Pack Podcast uh, edition Top Shelf. Yep. So look for more things to come. And if you have any ideas of Top Shelf material that you would like us to talk about, please feel free to send that in to us. Yeah, emails. Yes, and if you yourself have some sort of area of expertise that you think would be beneficial to other people, also let us know. Uh, until next time, I'm Adam. And I'm Rex. Fill my heart with song. Let me sing forevermore You are all I long for All I worship and adore In other words You